Hi, and welcome to episode 296 of No Crying in Baseball, the Some of the Rangers' Best Friends are Gay episode. <laughs> my name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, hey there. You know, I've heard that. That sounds like a very appropriate way to kick things off yeah. today. Yeah, we have more details about that coming later. It's nice to have some of your voice back. You're yeah. like 30% voice. So this, we're doing a little bit of a flip. Like last yeah. week when we recorded, you had this sultry voice, uh-huh. and now... At least I have a voice. For about two days, it was really, like, this is Monday. We usually record on Sunday. Yesterday, I was largely inaudible. So we're going to see how this goes. We're we're lubricating with a little bit of watermelon mojito. Mojito, canned cocktails. Should we just 10th award? Yeah. Right, yep. that's a 10th award. So it's, it's, it's delicious. fruit. This is um, medicinal. It's, it's medicinal. Mm-hmm. That's right, because the healing powers of watermelon are well known. Right. And rum. <laughs> and at one point, there must have been a leafy green involved, although in the canned cocktail, you don't actually get the leafy green, but it's a mojito. It had to be there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I would go for that. All well, right. Well, right. Sounds, sounds good to me. Um, so I think part of the reason you lost your voice might have been a certain series in the last couple of days. <laughs> Am I right? You know, it, interestingly, I didn't get to see as much of the series as I would have liked to because we had a house guest who's not quite as enamored of baseball as we are. Though I was doing a lot of encouraging, and we did get the the later important innings of the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees. Now, if the Red Sox are going to be in the gutter, and you know, again, this is the AL East, so they're above 500 in the gutter. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to be that far down, to sweep the Yankees just makes me feel better. You know, it was just a little bit of cathartic thing. The 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 highlight for me was fucking Justin Turner's grand slam. There's Justin Turner, like just doing all of the right things in Boston, and then he hits a grand slam against the Yankees. So much, much appreciated. He's, he's never going to pay for a drink in, in the city. Oh, my God. Never, never, ever again. And can I say that I also appreciate the sweep because the Yankees were getting uncomfortably oh. close to the Orioles in the standings, and you smacked him back down. Yeah, thanks. So Baltimore is grateful to Boston. You, so, you're, you're welcome for the service. Yep. And just, just a little side note about, you know, we like to go into the historic notes of things. The last time, and this was, so... They played Friday. Saturday they should have played, but there was a rainout, so there was a doubleheader on Sunday where they swept the doubleheader, you know, because they also swept the series. But the last doubleheader sweep that the Red Sox had over the Yankees was in 2006 at Yankee Stadium. The last time they did it at Fenway was 1976. That's my old, like, beloved team with Pudge Fisk and Dewey and all All the the guys, guys. All the guys. Jim Rice. Great team. Yastrzemski. Anyway, been that long since a doubleheader. Well, it was sweep. about darn time. Yes. Yep. And I, you know, the fans must have had a blast. On today's show, the latest on Pride Nights, what MLB's doing or not doing for Juneteenth. We've got boyfriends doing boyfriend things. We have accessories, attendance, and on Swatagi. And we've got the A's reverse boycott. Cheers. Cheers. Did now, I you, say that you right? You pulled that off. That you know was what I a did? perfect I, I wrote it phonetically, a thing I learned while doing the PA <laughs> announcing for the T-Bolt. It's like, don't just keep looking at the name and, and say, I'm going to oh. remember how to pronounce that. Just write it out phonetically to reduce the possibility for error. I, I meant to ask you in the T-Bolts, do you still have a perfect record for announcing and then winning? The two games that I announced the entire game, mm-hmm. we won. I announced most of the game and then handed it over, but we were losing when I handed it over, so oh, that's not fair. Okay. I mean, we ended up losing the game, but I, I think that has to count against me, even if I didn't do the whole mm. game because we were, we like, were losing. I, I can't, I couldn't be the winning pitcher no matter okay. what because we had, a, we were losing when I left. So, 
Yeah, so no, I do not. But I am um, announcing twice this week, so we'll see if I can get back in good graces Wednesday and Saturday if you're around. All right. All right. To be continued. To be Pride continued. stuff. Pride we stuff. We are still in Pride Month, and we are still going to celebrate as much as we can and highlight some of the good stuff. Well, we're going to start that way anyway. My former baseball boyfriend, Mark Kahnhau, who I had picked when he was on the A's, still a good guy on the Mets. He has changed his walk-up music for Pride Month. And I had to look some of this up because I am a little old. So I knew the, the latter tunes. I mean, you need to calm down, which is Taylor Swift. I am not a, a Swifty or a Swift um, expert in any way. Born This Way, Lady Gaga, which I do know that much. Vogue by Madonna. I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. And I Want to Dance with Somebody, Whitney Houston. And so I appreciate that he has like a good selection there. They're all sort of anthems that are definitely embraced for, for pride. And it's just a nice thing to do that's not that hard. And it's making, you know, a statement of support. Um, apparently, during the off season this past year, unbeknownst to me anyway, MLB came up with a decision that teams can only alter their game day uniforms for league-wide observances. So mm. this is like... Father's Day, where everybody does the blue, or Jackie Robinson Day, where everybody does the, the 42. So the Pride celebrations, despite the fact that 29 out of 30 teams are doing it, and that theoretically it had been encouraged by MLB, which has done things like put a rainbow on their symbol on Twitter and shit like that, it's considered local. And so therefore, teams are not allowed to alter their uniforms even if they want to except the the Giants and the Dodgers apparently they had done it last year and they were grandfathered in they were they were considered a pre-existing agreement to wear rainbow logos Tampa had tried to do it last year and notably we talked about last year there were several players that refused to wear the rainbow largely bullpen pitchers Mm mm-hmm they no no comment about Tampa being able to or not being able to put those rainbows back on this year, and nobody else does. And to nobody's uh, surprise, and you're going to be probably talking about a lot of other shitty things that Rob Manfred has said in the past week, but here is one that I will quote him as, that he has said, we have told teams in terms of actual uniforms, hats, bases, bases, that we don't think putting logos on them is a good idea just because of the desire to protect players not putting them in a position of doing something that may make them uncomfortable because of their personal views may i just say the word camouflage oh yeah they dress them in camouflage right they can't say no yeah yeah and if your personal views are denying the civil rights of another person your personal views are fucked up and you do not have a right to those views you know point blank like like fuck you if your personal views are discriminatory against somebody else. I'm sorry. So No, I'm not sorry. Fuck what, it. What you brought up about the uniforms make me... Th- I have wondered in the past why when NH- NHL teams mm-hmm. have Pride Nights, it's always their practice jerseys that are Pride jerseys, yeah. not their game jerseys. I wonder if it's the same thing. I wonder if it's, if it's not one day that the whole league does mm-hmm. something so you can't do your official thing. But they found a way mm-hmm. to have a uniform that they wear. It may just be for the warm-ups, but everybody's there to see the warm-ups. Right. And, and I think some teams are going to do that. And there, there are people looking through for, for loopholes. And I should have found more, but I found that Yandy Diaz, for example, right. wore a rainbow armband. So yeah, you yeah. can do those like accessory things on your own. Mm-hmm. 
And I think you're right, though. Like, what if the whole team wore their pride shirts for the warm up? They should. That would be a mm-hmm. really good thing to do. Batting practice or something. That. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what, wear the T-shirt that they're, that they're giving away for Pride Day for their batting practice. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of ways to do it. We talked about last week about Matt Dermotti, one of the, the Red Sox pitchers who, who has been released, who um, had been uh, the spotlighted because of some quite questionable is the wrong word, shitty. Uh, support and social media for some anti-LGBTQ boycott situations. And one of the excuses that we talked about last week was that the Red Sox didn't know about it when they when they brought him on. However, they did. We we knew about this last week that they did know about it during spring training. So the, the question is, why so slow? And Chaim Bloom, along, I mean, he must be taking the, the like, Rob Manford speech lessons, mm. shows you exactly how far you can put your foot into your mouth because he said that he wasn't released after spring training because he believed that they had a very good conversation. And that was pretty much it. They had a good conversation. Awesome. Yeah. And so we Conversations have, change the world, man. Mm-hmm. And we've talked, like, long and hard about... If you fuck up that badly, you need to do more than have a conversation. And an apology is more than just saying, I'm sorry. You have to show, make a plan. You have to change. You have to do something substantive. Um, So shockingly, since last week, they have dug up additional offensive social media by this guy. So uh, they, they have said that, you know, clearly their initial screening was less than than desirable and and what the fuck you know just what the fuck does actually so here's a quote that i'm going to read in its entirety and i i totally don't understand it so if you can tell me what you think Chaim bloom was trying to stay here sure he said we didn't have all the conversations we should have had that's something we can't undo it happened and we really regret it i really regret it because it caused pain i do believe people can learn and grow and forgiveness should be possible but that requires having the right conversations. And in this particular case, we just didn't put ourselves in a position to have them. I, I'm like at a loss. He said he had a conversation. It wasn't the right one. It wasn't a good one. It wasn't I don't enough know. of one. Yeah. But so my, my feeling is if you decide you haven't done something enough, you can still do more. Like right. you can't undo things, but you could always add on. So if you're afraid you didn't have enough, you didn't mm-hmm. have enough conversations or they weren't the right ones, there's still time to have more or better. I mean, don't don't back away from this, right. especially with poor grammar. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and there's there, you can also say something like substantive that this guy has done and said something that's mm-hmm. reprehensible. Like there's levels of speech you yes. can use yes. to condemn this a little bit more than yeah. we had a conversation. Maybe it wasn't the <clears> best <throat> conversation. I think we just de- needed a better conversation. No, that's fucked up. So, okay, then have one. Yeah. Then have one. Um, shockingly, I have finished my drink before potty mounted. Oh, so I was going to talk. The, the other way we're celebrating pride is having, is this the last pride punch in the house? I think there's one more. Oh my gosh, we're we're pride punching once a week, whether we need it or not. Right. So as soon as as soon as potty mouth finishes the um, watermelon mojito, which is the same color as the pride punch, you so have I think a little bit left. It, that's just melting ice. There was uh, there was nothing there. Okay. Now the ice is melting while I'm waiting. Gotcha. Very patiently. Right, I'm drinking. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this mm-hmm. melted ice. Right, but then I'm gonna drink while you talk about pride. There that's what I want to hear. All right. Last week. Well, for two weeks, we talked about Anthony Bass. But last week, we talked about how the 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 Blue Jays were going to have him catch the ceremonial first pitch right. for their Pride Night and then said, oh, no, whoops, DFA, you're out of here. We didn't finish that conversation. It turns out they asked Kevin Gossman to replace him. 
Oh, really? And that turned out great because what Kevin said was essentially they they just came to me and said, hey, you're our first thought. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I didn't really have to think twice about it. For me, it was just an opportunity to be, to be part of a cool weekend. I hope everybody can feel safe at the ballpark and feel like they can come out here and support us and we're going to do the same. Yay for Gosman to make me feel better about having Blue Jays pitching on my fantasy team. That's awesome. So that's the Thank right answer. You, Mr. Gosman. That's right. So if he was the right guy to do that. I feel really good about that. So the end of the story, perhaps, on the Dodgers Pride Night. Oh, jeez, there's more. It was last Friday. This past Friday. Wow. There was a protest by people who may or may not have known what their goal was. Mm -hmm. They had, and I quote, a prayerful procession, (laughs) which I endorse for alliteration only, that was perhaps protesting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, It ended up shutting down the main gate at the stadium. Oh, that's inconvenient. That is inconvenient. And it also meant that there was not very much of an audience when the Sisters got their award, because it was a pregame award. It was probably because people couldn't get in the main gate. But Again, it was kind of haphazard. It wasn't small, but it was haphazard. Two of the people that were interviewed were asked what they were protesting, and they actually said they're not sure if they were protesting the sisters or protesting Pride Night or maybe both. All sorts of bad. So weak, weak, weak. Get your talking points in order. My favorite thing about this article that I read was this prayerful procession was compared to last year or the year before when um, there was an anti-vax protest at a mass vaccination site sponsored by the Dodgers. I don't know if they're implying it's the same people. Right. I was wondering how much overlap. But they did. They did draw some parallels between the two, which I'll admit it made me giggle. Are you going to pour us some drinks? Yeah. Yeah. You have a teeny bit, I think, of liquid that you need. No, it's okay. No, no. It's it's, it's, it's just, it's It's fine. It's fine. Yep. 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 All right. Here we go. So the Rangers, I'm going to plant this seed now. The Rangers, as we have said multiple times, are the only team that don't have a pride night. Yeah. They're hosting the All-Star game next year. Oh, hey. That seems like an opportunity. And I think that the Rangers organization understands that this is an opportunity for others to point out that it's not so great that they don't have a Pride Night because they have been releasing statements this month that say things like this. Our commitment is to make everyone feel welcome and included in Rangers baseball. That means in our ballpark at every game and in all we do for both our fans and employees. And then they say, we're a sponsor of the Gay Softball World Series, and we work with several groups in the Dallas area community to foster inclusion. Yep, some of their best friends are gay. That's exactly (laughs) what they said. So keep in mind, if you need something to do in anticipation of the All-Star Game, hosted at Globe Life Field, the same ballpark that has no Pride Night, the only Mm -hmm. ballpark in all of Major League Baseball with no Pride Night. Here you go. You've got plenty of planning time. Just putting that out there. I think that's a great idea. All right, we're going to start talking about baseball boyfriends. These are the guys that we picked in the offseason because there's something super cool about them. And Patty and I each picked one guy per team. And then we made a fantasy league out of them and we try to follow them. And um, we're especially fond of the guys that we pick in the current year, but we keep tabs on guys we've picked in past years. And we pick new guys every year just for your entertainment purposes. Uh, I was super excited this year to be picking Vinny Pasquantino. I followed him while he was on Team Italy, kicking it in the World Baseball Classic. He had started off the season cruising with the Royals, and then he hit a skid, really, in the past few weeks. And it's probably due to um, 
shoulder issues. He's out for the rest of the season. He has a torn labrum in his right shoulder. I don't know what that is, but I'm guessing it's bad. And he has to have surgery. So That he, equals bad for that, sure. Yeah, yeah. super, yeah. super bad. Out for the rest of the season, which is super bad for me because I'm having some first-based issues at this point on my on my fantasy league. But he left the O's game last Friday. It wasn't like something particular happened, but it start, it's just been bugging him more and more. And he finally made the decision to just do it this season so that he could be better last, next season. So, you know, there was the... Okay, like, do I hobble along for the rest of the season and keep at what he's at now is f- uh, 247 average or get my shit together? Because in the first two months of this year, he was batting 267 and then the cold streak, probably due to soreness. I am going to propose, as the commissioner of the Fantasy League, some wheeling and dealing. <laughs> Here's my story. Yes. Potty Mouth and I are compelled by our stupid stupid rules to have only our boyfriends that we have talked about on our teams i have been short middle infielders Hmm. all season but i have many first basemen i wonder and please feel free to weigh in on this if potty mouth and i are allowed to trade say you if you have a spare middle infielder and i could trade you a first baseman Hmm. because i that's one of the reasons i am doing so poorly is i've been down a player almost the entire season wow. once O'Neill Cruz went out. Um, yeah, right. I don't have a lot of middle infielders. So we'll talk about that. If you have yeah. strong feelings about that, you can reach out to the corrections department and say no way <laughs> in hell or have pity right. on Patty and give her a damn middle infielder. Yeah, there's that. Although I don't know how many I have. So I need to I need to look at that too. I think I'm heavy on the outfield. I just want to say one one more nice thing, though, about Vinny Pasquantino. Oh, sure. And why he is baseball boyfriend material is that he pers- perfectly, uh, perfectly, well, maybe perfectly, purposely is the word I was looking for, purposely said that even after his surgery, he plans to be around. And he said, I will do anything I can do to help. So he will be the hype guy in the dugout. He's going to hang out with the team. He's, you know, going to keep it going even though he's not playing. And I really That's appreciate excellent. that. That's excellent. Yeah. Former boyfriend I had from the Giants, Brandon Crawford, got his crack at pitching last Sunday. He pitched a scoreless nine inning, ninth inning in a blowout where the Giants were up 13-3 to over the Cubs at home. And they brought in, you know, they figured that was comfortable enough in the, in the ninth inning. Brought in Crawford, pitched a perfect inning, and he said that he's always given pitchers a hard time about pitching not being so hard. And he said, I think I proved today that it's not. They probably don't <laughs> love that I have a zero ERA. Uh-huh. So this guy was only, and, and not a utility player, he only played shortstop for 1,601 games, pitched one inning, and now he is golden. Yeah, pitching's easy. Sure, no sweat. I think that's what Jose Berrio said. Um, bounce back season. So I have, we pick a flock of pitchers for our fantasy league, and I picked the flock of Blue Jays, which I, I think that's just picturesque. Um, <laughs> Jose Berrios was one of the, the leaky Blue Jays that he had a rough year last year. He finished 2022 with a 5-2-3 ERA, but he has been doing fantastic. At this point, in his last five starts, he had one no decision and four wins and a 1.11 ERA in those five starts. Over the last 10 starts, 2-2-7. This past Wednesday, he had a no-hitter going through six innings. The seventh inning was spoiled by your guy, 
Adley Rutschman with a single. He'll do that. But this is a, a little flaw in my new strategy. So I figured out how to put a pitcher on the bench for our fantasy league. And I thought that I was going to be raking in all sorts of points because the key is, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you see which of your starting pitchers are starting, then you take one of them and put them on the one who's not starting clearly and put them on the bench. So that's what I did with Jose Berrios. And then I forgot to fix it the next day when he actually started and got a no-hitter through six innings. So I think I lost some points there, but I did learn a very valuable lesson that if I'm going to fuck around with the bench and pitchers, I got to check. You have to fuck around consistently. Yeah, Yeah, I got to check. For sure. I like to tell you about the guys on my team who have done the best over the past seven days. One of those guys for this past week is Spencer Torkelson, my Detroit boyfriend his ops for the past seven days is 1.065 including six runs three homers and eight runs batted in he pissed off the twins fans (laughs) when detroit played minnesota over the weekend on sunday top of the third he hit a foul ball 109.8 miles per hour off the bat so super hard foul ball Mm hit the number seven plaque which honors the retired number of minnesota catcher joe mauer oh broke off a chunk oh shit boy did he get booed to which he was like why are you booing me he threw the 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 hanging slider i I mean what are you gonna do so they know it wasn't on purpose but the minnesota fans weren't happy they were less happy two innings later when he hit a two-run go-ahead homer (laughs) i don't believe he's really welcome back in Minnesota, but he'll probably go anyway. And yeah. it made me laugh because on Friday's game, oh, excuse me, Saturday night's game, for the Thunderbolts, our local collegiate team, our DH, Tristan Crawford, initially hit a super hard foul ball, which bounced off our brand new scoreboard, oh, which no. made me yell, we haven't finished paying for that yet. <laughs> and the next pitch hit a homer to the deepest part of center field. It's so like, okay, this is very similar. He's got like Torkelson tendencies. Torkelson and, tendencies. And that's okay. Please don't break the scoreboard, but we do like it when you hit the, the home runs. So, so the scoreboard is okay? The scoreboard okay. is okay. Hey, you mentioned Adley. I'm going to talk yeah. about Adley just another second. He is one of those guys that has a super high OPS this week over the past seven days, 1.024. He had nine Jeez. hits, two homers. Until yesterday, when the O's beat the Cubs, he was the only bright spot in the series of the O's versus Cubs. It wasn't yeah. pretty for the Baltimore fans. It was pretty great. Your guy, um, Christopher Morrell, my God, he can't stop hitting home runs. I appreciate that. He is pretty cool. You had mentioned streaks and how mm-hmm. long between different kinds of um, sw- um, sweeping series and all of that. I saw a, a piece today that said the O's have not been swept since the series before Adley started. So they, they, oh. you know, they, they either won or they were not swept in the series right before he started, and they haven't been swept since for an entire season plus. They have not won all of those series, but they have, ne- they have not been swept in all that time, which I don't know. Is it because of Adley? Maybe it's Adley magic. I don't know. I'm very excited that Adley is currently leading the all-star voting for American League catcher by a lot. That's going to be beautiful. Yeah. He deserves it. Oh, my God. Is there nothing he can't do? And he looks cute. Uh, quick congratulations to Miguel Cabrera for tying A-Rod for number 21 in all time hits at 3,115 and hopefully by the time you hear this he has passed A-Rod and anytime somebody passes A-Rod in a stat 
I breathe a little sigh of relief because I think that's a good thing to do. So congratulations to Miguel Cabrera, who's going to be doing all sorts of cool things in his final season this year. Wow. Wow. Hey, we're recording on Juneteenth Cheers. because that's been a national holiday since 2021. This is the first time it's also a city holiday, so I have it off. And MLB, as it turns out, is the only one of the big four men's leagues that's in season mm. during Juneteenth. And MLB is still trying to figure out what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> like, how, is it something that we do as a league? Is it something that we let teams decide? And right now, it's teams deciding. It's okay. it's a Monday, which is usually not a day with a lot of games. There aren't that many games today. Right. So the teams that aren't playing today, some of them did do something to acknowledge Juneteenth the previous couple days, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, going into Juneteenth. One of the reasons this is more important now than ever before is only 6.1%, which is 58 out of 945 players on opening day rosters, were American-born black players. That's the lowest number since 1955. That's horrific. There was a piece in The Atlantic where they interviewed Public Enemy's Chuck Deeks. He's a big baseball fan, Um. right, about Juneteenth. And he said, well, you know, MLB is figuring it out, which is true. And he said that the conversation for him growing up about baseball was always, you know, the national pastime, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, a little bit of racism. Oh, God. Two thirds. So here we are. Here are some of the things that happened around Major League Baseball from Friday through today. The... The designer of the Juneteenth flag, Ben Haith, did the ceremonial first pitch in Boston. Yay, Red Sox. The um, Red Sox, who have some ground to cover. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, some some teams performed Lift Every Voice, which is sometimes known as like the Black National Anthem. That included the Red Sox. Oakland did it. Arizona did it. Arizona also hosted a workshop with their former outfielder Scott Harrison and pitcher uh, Steve Randolph at infielder um, Junior Spivey for 34 high school baseball players. And they had the Buffalo Soldiers, which is an African-American army unit, present the colors. So they did a little bit more kind of, you know, beyond. The Mariners decided to incorporate Salute to the, Le- the Negro Leagues Day. So they wore the jerseys from the Seattle Steelheads from the 1940s. The Cubs had pregame ceremonies, including poet um, Malik Youssef throwing out the ceremonial first pitch. The Nationals have a Juneteenth t-shirt, which is one of those special ticket things. And they're donating $5 from from each shirt to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. So Uh there are things happening sort of regionally, sporadically around the league. There's nothing unified yet. I don't know if we're going to get there. It's more than last year. Hopefully it's less than what we'll see in the future. But there we are on Juneteenth. Yesterday was Father's Day. Which happens to be not only a big barbecue cookout day, but it's also a, a big baseball day. Part of that that doubleheader that Potty Mouth mentioned helped Major League Baseball set an attendance record of six hundred three thousand three hundred three because there were sixteen games instead of fifteen, which is the usual oh, hey. number, which is the highest for a Sunday since two thousand and eight, which also had a doubleheader. So it's apples to apples. So it was it was the big highest attendance since two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Also, fan attendance totaled more than 1.5 million people for two consecutive weekends. So this weekend and the weekend previous for the first time since August 2017. So between the previous weekend and this weekend, more than 1.5 million people went to a baseball game, which is pretty cool. That is a really good sign. I just, you know, always want to see that crowd getting more diverse, but um, and Red Sox prices are not helpful in that. However... 
movement. Let's let's see some movement. Um, talking about the Red Sox and the Yankees, Yankees have had a big week. Before they came to Fenway Park, they had the Subway Series with the Mets, which is always an emotional thing for those New Yorker folks. Oswaldo Cabrera feeling the pressure. Actually, since then, he's been optioned to AAA. This is, this is one of the guys that I was debating between for who to pick for my Yankees guy this year. And I picked the one guy who didn't get brought up. Oswaldo Cabrera was up for a while. He's down now. He's going to be back. But he needed a little mojo because his numbers were down. And so he talked to his mom. And his mom had him wear a necklace with his grandmother's tooth. Like, actually, tooth. I have questions. Yeah, I do, too. One question is, did they create this necklace for this purpose? Or did they say, hey, I have this jewelry right. that has your grandmother's tooth in it. You want to wear it? Might, might as well wear it to, to help pick you up out of the current slump that you're in. I don't know how grandma's tooth, like, I just don't understand the connection there. He, his, he Like, when he was asked it about it, well, he didn't know either. He said, whatever my mom tells me to do, I'm going to do. Which, you know, on one level, I'm like, you know, pro-mom there. Sure. On another level, I'm like, well, if it makes no fucking sense, really? Um, the team won the game, so the Yankees won that game 7-6, to six, although he had nothing to do with it. He came in for in the sixth inning for pinch hitting and struck out looking. So your guy, Harrison Bader, is coming back. Yay. He's optioned down, but he is definitely on the, you know, he's going to be going up and down yeah. for a while. So, well, I don't know if Grandma's tooth is going to be put away at this point, if its power has been shown to not be effective or, I, yeah. Or maybe mm. Grandma's looking down saying, I don't care about sports. Right. This is not what I, my, teeth, my teeth are for. Right. I'm just wondering who I'm, I'm, I'm like to get you like that. love or, yeah. you know, something else, but not necessarily baseball success. Yeah. I don't know. I, not, not a great idea, but to each their own. To each their own. Ace fans rock. Oh, my God. Yes. They completely rock. Ace fans have been victim blamed and shamed for the A's moving to Vegas, yeah. which is, you know, a 99% done deal. Uh. Rob Manfred, the A's ownership, a lot of folks have said publicly, well, the fans don't show up, so they don't deserve to have a team. Let's go to Vegas. The A's fans said, we do too. We do too, and we'll prove it to you. They had what they called a reverse boycott on Tuesday, which we I believe started out with a giant tailgate party and then moved into the Coliseum. They had 27,759 attendees. They normally have fewer than 10,000 at a game. So they were showing, we're here, yeah. but you need to do something to get us here. And the the best quick description of what that is was a tweet that came out from someone in the ballpark that night. It's up to the ownership of a franchise to give the fans a reason to come out every night. Right. Not for fans to blindly spend all their money while being treated like shit by said owners. Yeah, amen. The A's are known for, you know, trading away all their marquee players. They have the lowest payroll in baseball. They can't attract great players. They had a little streak going on in there. But if you don't have the product, I mean, you guys are capitalists. You should be able to understand right. how this works, right? The Athletics said it was the fans' version of going to a party looking good, knowing that their ex would be there. <laughs> as far as the move goes, for a while, it didn't look like the state of Nevada was going to give any money to the A's to build a stadium. But 
But a special session was called for the Nevada legislature. And the um, the Nevada governor, Joe Lombardo, on Thursday signed the bill that came out of that special se- session, which pledge- pledges $380 million in taxpayer money toward a $1.5 billion stadium for the Oakland Athletics to move to Las Vegas. The owners still need to approve. It's very likely they'll say, sure, go ahead, because none of those owners want anybody to vote against them if they want to do anything shady in the future. Part of this victim shaming really ticked off the mayor of Oakland. And I was really happy to read the mayor's response, which was, the reality is the A's ownership had ins- ha- the ownership insisted on a multi-billion dollar 55 acre project had that had a ballpark, residential, commercial and retail mm-hmm. space. In Las Vegas, for whatever reason, they seem satisfied with a 9 acre leased ballpark on leased land. If they had proposed a similar project in Oakland, we feel confident a new ballpark would already be under construction. Right. They asked for something completely different from Las Vegas and they were asking the city of Oakland. Oakland could have done what Las Vegas is doing. It's just a ballpark. That's so it's gross. just a ballpark. They could have done just a ballpark, but they had this whole grand, gigantic plan in mind. Back to the Thunderbolts. I just want to say I'm very <laughs> proud of Thunderbolts fans. My, one of my jobs is to write the trivia questions that get read during every game. And be, I was inspired by the reverse boycott. So I did have the announcer ask the question, what American League ballpark is sometimes known as the last dive bar in baseball? And three, three people got it correct. Wow. Yeah. Pass Unfortunately, I was not in the um, in the press box, so I don't know what other answers were provided. I'm kind of curious what other people might have said. Yeah. I don't know that I only know that there were three correct answers, and I'm happy about that. Yay, team. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though, about you want to be welcome at a ballpark to put your money there. I've honestly felt that about Nats Park this year. It's just like little things, the quality of the experience there has deteriorated in the past couple of years. It's been better. Um, The the beginning of the season was very bad. I went back once or twice in the past several weeks, and it's been a little better than it was, but not great. It doesn't have the same feel, but it's a little bit better. But yeah, I really did feel like, you don't care that I'm here. Right. You do not care that I'm here. And it all comes down to having owners who give a shit about the team, which the A's, you know, that's totally the sell the team. Like, give the team to somebody who's going to give a shit and keep them in Oakland. Yep. Our hearts go out to you, A's fans. Power to you. All right, at the end here, I get to say on Swategi again, I'm going to celebrate even though we're not in winter baseball right now, but women's baseball season just wrapped up in Venezuela. And I just love saying that, women's baseball season. So the Almost as much like saying on Swategi. Oh, so close. Yeah, I think women's baseball is a little, it's way above there. <laughs> the Liga Venezolana de Baseball Femenina. So the LVBF has eight, wait, no, more than that. Um, eight, yeah, no, <laughs> I wrote it down correct. Eight teams in eight years. So it is the same number for both. This is their eighth championship. There are eight teams involved. Lara beat Answategi six to five, which is a repeat from last year. I tried very hard to get more information, and LVBF has not been keeping up any of their social media. All of that was really outdated. So although I'm very excited about there being a women's league in Venezuela, they need a little bit better PR and, um, and information getting out there. 
our fantasy league is getting so boring mm-hmm. to talk about because the top on, five guys. never changes. Yeah. Although I do think that Bo may have lost a few points, but not enough to make a difference. He's just way out there. Bono's boyfriend still leading the pack. I'm stuck behind Bo A's suck is still number two. Andres, Andres, and um, Adelise is still number three. Mm-hmm. And All That Jazz remains at number four. And the Set It and Forget It kids are number five. Potty mouth hanging tough. And then can I just tell you that if I had shared the results, the standings from yesterday, mm-hmm. I would have been in dead last place. Oh, really? But I do them first thing Sunday morning <laughs> at the same time every week. That's... And phew, I have gained a point back right. over late for supper. So I remain 11th and not 12th. Although I'm fine being last. I'm fine being last. Although potty mouth, I think I'm going to talk to you about maybe figuring out like an infield trade we just want everybody to have a good time that's right i don't know why i can't make more gains against the kids there that's a big the kids rock that's a big jump yeah yeah for sure yeah for sure the kids rock what are you doing this week as you get your voice back hey wait you're out of school school's out for summer yeah i I am out of school i have a professional day tomorrow in which i need to complete an amazing amount of stuff do you really yeah i don't know sorry so i'm thinking it might be two professional days just because i'm inept at getting all my shit done but then I am out for summer, and I am very happy, and I am going to two ballparks this week with no baseball involved. Tell me so more. I'm going, I'm going to City City Field, Met Stadium on Thursday to see the Grateful Dead, not the Grateful Dead, what's left of the Dead, Dead and Company. Dead and Company there, and then on Saturday, I will see Dead and Company at Fenway Park. So I'm excited wow. to see two more Dead shows. I'm still going to call them Dead shows. I'm excited to be at two ballparks, and the first one I'm going to get to go with my kid and their friends. The second one I'm going to get to go with an old high school friend. So it should be good, and I anticipate that my voice will be no better (laughs) this time of recording. It's probably going to be great by Wednesday, and then go right the heck downhill again. Are you going to be back in time to record if you're going to be at a dead show on Saturday night? So we are driving back on Sunday. All right. We might be. We might have to negotiate this, but All right. you know. But then again, I'm not. Well, you are working on Monday, but I'm flexible. Yes, so yes, yeah. We could work something out. Okay, we will work something. I'm. Out. I'm happy to hear because that because we are so close to number three hundred. We like, are. That's going to be fun. Yeah, and in fact, our so yeah, so our three hundredth episode. Whoa, episode. Look at me. I'm trying to scroll, and you know what's happening. Bad scrolling. Bad scrolling is happening, but our 300th episode is going to happen on July 16th. And we had an idea. If you're a Patreon subscriber and you might be interested in participating in our 300th episode, if we record remotely using Squadcast, we're allowed to have an audience. Yeah. So if you want to sort of remotely be in there, so it'd be like a live Mm -hmm. recording, let us know. Tell yeah. us about that. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, but you think this would be fun to do, now's your chance. Potty Mouth, tell them what they can do. Join us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying and b-ball. And even for like a buck a month, I mean, you can't even get coffee for a buck a month. Join us and you might be able to participate in the 300th episode. I do know that those slots are limited. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of a first, first come, come, first serve. serve sort of situation. If you want to find out more, if you want to just chat with us, you can find us on Twitter at uh, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, our No Crying and B-Ball, 
Oh my God, I think my voice barely made it through this episode. I need some whiskey. Yeah, you do. Bad decision whiskey is kind of a good decision tonight. If you uh, are in the Washington, D.C. area and you want to hear my dulcet tones at a Thunderbolts game, I am announcing on Wednesday and Saturday. Please come on by. We can tell you more about that if you reach out to us. Otherwise, my friends, please fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, Say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. I'm going to be just drinking a lot. So that'll make this different how? Mm-hmm. <laughs>